0: Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and those of you who are joining us online, I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. Well, second podcast. I'm going to post them both. Yeah, you totally (laughs) needed to know that. it's funny. I You're ever, a verbal processor, aren't you? Dave, every week we do this, I'm like, what witty joke can I like put in the intro? Because it can't be the same thing, and every week they just fall flat. Like It's like if there was a trombone in here, it'd be like, wah, 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 like the sad trombone. Um, but uh, uh, super excited, again, always, uh, uh, this week's... Uh, we've started a new series. Mm-hmm. Um, you used verses of one of my favorite uh, Bible stories, and... Uh, I'll out myself before we get into the topic, because uh, I love when Jesus trolls people. It's like my favorite version of Jesus. Uh, and like, hey, Jesus, I got a question. And she's just like, you're not going to like the answer. But here it is. <laughs> um, and uh, but anyway, so I, I, a lot to unpack today. Hey, and the Spirit's with us, too. Uh, so why don't you kind of like walk us through the new series, like okay. just broad overview, and then we'll get into it. Okay, cool. Uh, so the series uh, is called Biblical
1: Questions. Uh, so uh, we we have this habit sometimes, maybe Christians who are really trying to be uh, faithful, uh, they they want to uh, ask the Bible uh, all the kind of questions, and they're looking for answers in the Bible to whatever questions they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the point of the series is is maybe that's not always a good practice to have, or maybe that's not a good for that to be our only kind of interactions with Scripture.
0: Bless you <laughs> little, little little hay fever there <laughs> i'm leaving it in
1: <laughs> you know so so maybe um that's not a good uh, uh practice to to have for for just be kind of hammering scripture with our questions uh, cuz really uh it, if you're doing that you're 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 talking more about yourself uh, than you are listening to what really Jesus has y- to y'all say. Y'all notice how, how he how looked to, at me? Like to, he stopped looking <laughs> off in the distance and he just
0: straight up looked at me. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, yep, I get it. Yep, uh, <laughs> lots of folks do it. Uh,
1: and, you know, really, so my my kind of symbol or, or theme for this series is the magic eight ball, the toy that, you know, I had as a kid. You would you would ask it a question, you'd shake it and you you turn it up and it'd give you an answer. Um, you know, and so I think it's an, not helpful to treat the Bible like the magic eight ball hmm. you know it's not just a source uh, you know a, a genie that we can ask questions of and get you know f- you know get all of our questions answered uh, but it's something that teaches us and something that leads us and it and it leads us to Christ and then helps us to listen to to Christ as Christ uh, uh, teaches right so you know the premise of this series is let's ask the Bible fewer questions. But listens more to the questions that it asks us, uh, and so this series is going to. Each week, we'll uh, pull up a different question uh, that Scripture is is addressing, really to us, and then we'll answer that in each um, uh, each of the uh, uh, sermons this week. Or love this it, series.
0: Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I. I. It's funny as you know we were talking and I was. You know, I wasn't able to be here Sunday, and I was watching the sermon, prepping notes for the podcast, and it's it's interesting because I was thinking about times where I've had people kind of encourage me to do that, right? But never like straight up say it that way. Where it's been like, well, the Bible proposes all kinds of questions, and I'm like, well, duh. Uh, but also, but never in a way where it's like, um. that's an important practice to understand that, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not bad or wrong to go to scripture and go, Hey, I got questions. I'm going to pray about this. And I want to read this and get counsel and kind of like figure out like, okay, God, like this is what I'm thinking, but I'm like also submitting to you. Like, what Mm -hmm, do you think about mm -hmm, this? mm -hmm. But at the same time that just like in a relational context, right? Like if there's no room for like me to not have a bias and for me to let Scripture say things to me mm-hmm. without me like manipulating yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, then, then it's not only I think could it be like a one sided relationship mm-hmm. and like I've I've essentially just make things say what I want them to yeah. say. Yeah. And really, what what kind of social scientists and and
1: brain scientists call that is confirmation bias. Mm. So, and confirmation bias, if you don't know, is. Um, hearing things that kind of agree with your point or your ideas or mm-hmm. your uh, the things that you hold dear and casting away everything else.
0: Mm. you know
1: throwing away anything that contradicts you know your your own kind of beliefs <laughs> or those things you hold dear. Uh, and so confirmation bias tends to work in us in making our own kind of beliefs stronger mm-hmm. and making us so that we can't learn right we can't you know that's the side effect we can't grow because we're, we're we're saying what I know now is all that I need to know and and I'm the perfect holder of that knowledge and anything that kind of contradicts or or pushes against that stuff that we already know we're just not even going to consider it uh, the internet is kind of based on confirmation bias if the stuff that you like um, the internet is is designed to give you more of that mm-hmm. um, to make you consume more and, mm-hmm. and you know all of that kind of thing Uh, But uh, yeah, that confirmation bias is a powerful thing within our world, and if we're just asking the Bible questions and not letting it kind of break through uh, our kind of walls that we put up, then we're just feeding confirmation bias, Mm -hmm. Um, feeding our own confirmation bias in the process. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, how do y'all feel right now? I feel <laughs> super targeted. Uh, well, and and I and I I think it's important too, right? So you talked about the internet, you talked about social media and algorithms, and you know, we we could spend all day talking about powerful institutions and dynamics and things that are kind of set up in a way where people have sides and like, you know, well, you're not for my side and you're not for my side and everybody's like, well, my way is the right way. And they're like, well, my way is the right. And there's all these different kinds of concepts. And, um, I, I think for me too, what's always important for me as I process, my own confirmation bias, right. Is, um, maybe to a, to an obsessive fault, I always want to know how we got to a place. Right. So for me, I'm like, okay, so the current manifestation of this is like ad and, and advertisement algorithms and you know social media kind of sells this stuff and it compiles it and so there's things that are that are created or engineered to continue to feed us things that we uh have uh, whether we're aware of it or not, have selected to, I want this type of thing and this type of content, mm-hmm. um, you know, but growing up before the internet, right. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> when was that? Yeah. And, and
0: you know, there. and so there's, there's, uh, for me, like I would see those pockets like reflecting back now in like, you know, a, a town that hadn't changed in 85 years and the way the paper there was ran and you know, the people who held power there and they had a very specific way of thinking. And so there's all these different ways that like this manifests throughout like human history. Sure. Right. And the thing that's really cool about scripture too is like if we let scripture ask that question of us, it's like, hey, where do you see that? Like scripture's like, oh, I'm gonna call this out, even like when these people are doing it like this, because this the the gospel account you focus on to tie it to your sermon, like literally attacks this. Right? It's like, like, I love, like I said, trolley Jesus is like, love trolley Jesus. Uh, Killer, you're assuming some things, sure. But, but even to the point you're making, right, about current cultural context of confirmation bias and mm-hmm. us, you know, the people in this part in Luke that Jesus is talking to are dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with. So why don't you kind of like walk through kind of like the the connecting points or the crossing points of so mm-hmm. it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes, um, and so the
1: question that I'm I'm focusing on in that story is the is the one that the lawyer asks:
0: What should I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> I real quick, were lawyers different then than they are now? <laughs> like very analytical and like smart and like. I, what's, yeah, he's what? T- he's totally looking for a loophole in this. In this yeah, story. it's like it's like yeah. approach the stand, Jesus. Just uh-huh. kidding. That's me watching Law and Order. But like, uh, if you don't know what okay. Law and Order is, it's okay. I just dated myself. But so I, that's an important part, right? Because the scriptures are saying like this is a lawyer, and this is an interaction between Jesus and a lawyer, and I'm assuming there's other people around as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just like them mm-hmm. two. Okay, continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the
1: lawyer asked Jesus, um, you know, what should I do to in- inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus says, "Well, you're you're a lawyer. You're an expert in the law. <laughs> what do you think? What do you say?" <laughs> and so the lawyer says, "Well, you got to uh, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself." And Jesus says, "You've answered it perfectly. Uh, you've answered it perfectly. Do that, <laughs> and you will live. You will find the eternal life that you're asking about."
0: <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> And then what happened?
1: <laughs> well, then the lawyer starts looking for the loophole.
0: <laughs>
1: and he uh he says, "But who is my neighbor?" I mean, how can I define that? Is it the person that lives next door to me? Is it the person that sits in the cubicle uh in the same room where I sit at at work? Is it, you know, how do I define who my neighbor is? Um and so that's when the story of the good Samaritan kind of comes up. Uh, when Jesus starts talking about this man who's been beaten and robbed and left for dead on the side of the road, and then church people walk by, <laughs> specifically Levite and priest, um, <laughs> walk by on the other side of the road so they don't even acknowledge the man is there is hurt, is beaten, is dying, is injured, don't you know is in need. They don't even acknowledge that. Mm. Uh, but then the Samaritan comes by, who is the enemy? Uh, of the state, uh, enemy of, th- of uh, the religious people, unclean. Uh, you know, you can say that in a number of different ways. It's the Samaritan who stops and who helps um, the, the, the man who's beaten on the side of the road. Um, so the hearers of this story, their confirmation bias is going to say, well, it's the, you know, if we're asking who's going to inherit eternal life in this story, their confirmation bias is going to jump to, well, it's the church people. But the way Jesus tells the story, it's the one, it's the very person that they hate and they vile and they, they, they distrust um, and they can't stand who mm-hmm. inherits the eternal life uh, right. in this story. And it's because he, he, you know, had mercy on the man. It's because he loved, um, you know, the man with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, and that he loved his neighbor as himself. So, the key then to inheriting eternal life, and this is what I hope that we hear, but that I'm afraid that we don't uh, so often when we read this story, is that our salvation, Mm -hmm. our, um, um, you know, whatever kind of metaphor we want to use for that, um, our eternal life depends on how
0: we love. I love to, so again, my own bias is I love to like just picture the lawyer's face as yeah. Jesus keeps talking. He's like, oh no, stop, <laughs> stop. And like, again, because the Samaritan is the perfect literary embodiment of the question in, in, a, in real time, mm-hmm. right? He's like, well, what do I have to do? And, you know, loophole or asking for clarifying questions to make sure the person doesn't do it wrong. The Samaritan in the story, right, isn't rehearsed, isn't prepped, is kind of in a situation where it sees a need, and is moved to do something about mm-hmm. it. Which I think that the question's proposing is, you know, if this is in you, and you know the relationship with God is the thing that governs your life, then of course you're going to respond this way. Mm-hmm. That's the proof, mm-hmm. right? And and I just like, just thinking about it real time, he's like, <laughs> he's like, did he just say Samaritan? Like, what do we do? Let's kill, uh, let's kill Jesus. I, we're straight up, right? And, and, it's, and, and the other things too, like, and in, in, again, my own thing of oh, quick side note, one of the things I love about how Jesus just is brilliant and and seems to like whenever there's these opportunities to like make God accessible to all people, just like seizes it right and and because to be fair my opinion the context and the things we're discussing there's a lot of other ways and people groups you could use that are culturally acceptable and appropriate to accomplish the same point point. Mm-hmm. and jesus just goes straight to it's for everybody <laughs> and like they're like it's not supposed to be because mm-hmm. we're the and and i this is just such a powerful um and again, like you're saying to to move this into kind of this next part of um then the, I think that the further question, right, like when we read this, something I think it's supposed to provoke in me is like, what is what do I do with this mm-hmm. like before I get into all the like the things I think about and everything else, like you know, Jesus has asked a very direct question of like, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And then smart Alec, by the way, I know a ton of fantastic people who are lawyers and I grew up with all the lawyer jokes and they're like the overwhelming, I, I mean, I've never met a lawyer who wasn't awesome and like a fantastic human being. So lawyers who are watching and listening to this, you're fantastic people. <laughs> Don't listen to what people say about you. Um, but in that, right, like, and so, but the the further question is for me is like, oh, like I'm like, who am I in the story? Mm-hmm. That's the thing it provokes in me. Is mm-hmm. like, uh oh, <laughs> is am I a person who like, um, looks for the needs of others and then tries to help, or am I a person who like? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and that's kind of the point of the series is to listen to the question, to answer the question, right? That's being posed. What do I, Dave, <laughs> in the year 2023? <laughs> what do I need to do? To inherit eternal life mm-hmm. to enjoy the, the the love and grace that God has to offer to live uh, uh to have the opportunity to live in true peace right um and, and that's what this is all you know all about this eternal life is about life with the one who is eternal how do i how do I arrange that um, right am i um you know paying attention to my neighbor um, can other people see that i love god by the way that i love my neighbor mm-hmm um, you know that's that's the that's the test that's the question that's being asked here, right? And so I just pose that to to the folks who were in there in the in the church when I preached this message, and to those who are who are uh, listening in on the podcast today. I mean, ask that question for yourself, right? What do I need to do,
0: right? So I think uh, something I'd like to do, and you know. I was joking with you, like, this week's going to be real short, but not yet, we're not done, because I have more things to ask. Uh, <laughs> so I, so a person who—so say, uh, you know, we'll use me, because struggling. Um, <laughs> say I'm a person who um, really struggles with the idea of letting the Bible ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I've inherited a theological perspective or a culture or the way that I've always approached scriptures from a place of like I have to dig for answers and I it has to make sense and I have to figure out what it's trying to say. Um, and I bring all this other stuff to it. What advice or encouragement would you give a person to adopt this perspective you're talking about? And what are some tangible things a person could do to like, hey, I need to let the Bible ask me questions? How would you how would you do that? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, it really requires us to be self-aware. I mean, the Bible calls that humility. <gasps> Dang
0: it! <laughs> the one thing! <laughs> um,
1: you know, it, it requires us to be self-aware and to see that we have been influenced by, you know, our family of, of origin. You know, the place mm-hmm. and the location where we grew up. We've been uh, uh, biased or affected or changed by the things that we consume. Uh, the media that we consume, the viewpoints that we have. We were biased by the uh, place we went to school. Um, you, you know, we were biased by, uh, you know, any number of things can, can give us the viewpoint that we have. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to be biased in their own way. And we're all going to be the uh, sum total of all of that stuff that's been poured into us over time. Right. But this is requiring us to realize that we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And that the the all the things that we think we know maybe some of that's uh, got shades of truth instead of absolute truth uh, in it, uh, and then we approach Scripture with this humility, and say what what can I learn uh, from the greatest teacher who ever lived, right? Um, and and how can I do that and not be put on the defensive? Uh, which means the walls come up, and I say, "Well, that can't be true," or "It can't be challenged," or right. "You know, my my third grade teacher told me something different." <laughs> um, you know, but to to listen with kind of that that understanding that that maybe um, I need to be challenged, and I need to be challenged so that I can grow. Right. You know, we're talking about um, uh, eternal life, salvation, and I think. Wesley's kind of uh, um, um, and the Methodist kind of view of this is really helpful in this in this scenario. you know where're uh, in, in our view, everything about God is is about grace mm-hmm. and grace is God's love right. So God is love. God pours uh, God's self out to us and that's all about grace. And in the uh, Wesleyan kind of understanding that grace happens before we're aware of it, you know, mm-hmm. we we don't even know it's out there, but it's still, God is reaching out to us. Then there's a moment in time, and maybe it's a period of time, where we become aware that, that, that we are loved, and that that love is meant for us, and that we are important in God's eyes. Uh, and then there's, that love continues to be with us beyond that point into really the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's that time, we call it sanctifying grace, is the mm-hmm. fancy word we put on it. But it's in that time that we are challenged, that we are uh, uh, able to grow and mm-hmm. to continue to grow. It's it's not just learning that God loves me, but then then how will I respond to that, right? And respond to that grace, and how does how will I allow that to change me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the 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 life view of a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. put in Wesleyan terms and put in terms of of God's love and how it's going to
0: work. Uh, in our lives continually over right. time right so so some things like themes i think i'm hearing from you right are you know humility mm-hmm. right and understanding of you know ability self-awareness um and i think you know to to support that right from biblical bias uh is is this concept, right, where, you know, something that I think is a theme throughout the entirety of Scripture, and a question that I think Scripture is constantly provoking us in, is, you know, do I think I'm God? Do I think God's God? Like, and, and what am I willing to submit over Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would add this, so you're talking about Wesleyan concepts of grace. So, you know, we have prevenient, it's the grace that goes before justifying, it's the grace that justifies and then sanctifying is the grace that goes with, right. Uh, and there's a better way to say all that, but like, those are the the concepts. So if you're watching and listening to this, you know, obviously comment, reach out to us. I mean, I love talking about Wesley's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of like working throughs uh, of those, but, um, I think that for me uh just to add my my own two cents to what you wonderfully put is that uh if you are a person who struggles with that self-awareness or that humility or like you feel like you're struggling with this like being able to give that up and like receive right hey uh, don't quit uh god is not like abandoning you or disappointed in you that like you're struggling there Um, and that I would add, I think it's a really difficult process. Cause like, that's kind of a lot of like my background was now I view it as like self importance, right. But in fear and, and, but in the moment, like there was all this pressure and like, I was supposed to do these things and that God was good and I was bad and I had to figure this stuff out. And so coming to this idea that like, I don't know things and I had to like reach a place to go, okay, God, I'm willing to be taught kind of, (laughs) and then to even also trust that God like was going to teach and going to ask me questions and that God wasn't going to abandon me in that because I wasn't performing at a level that was acceptable or good, um, you know, so if you are a person who kind of like has that understanding of those concepts, right, like, um, yeah, the the reality is God, Jesus is consistently right, like, do you want follow me? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be made well? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't get to decide how that goes. I'm going to tell you how it's going to go, but you got to submit to that, and uh, I want to be clear on that, like, you know, I laugh a lot. Dave laughs a lot. We have a little bit of levity sometimes, but I, I think that is that concept of when when we really submit to that, which mm-hmm. I think is your, to your point, is actual Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's a that's a scary place at times, and it's a hard place to be because you, you really are relinquishing control over some stuff, if not all things. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, and you grew up in a way where like you were supposed to control things, and you were supposed to do things, and you were supposed to know uh 37 now and I didn't really hear have this understanding or learn this until probably like a decade ago. And it was like earth shattering for me. Mm-hmm. So if you are in that place, um, where you're kind of starting to unpack this and work through that, like good news, Grace. Hey, <laughs> God is still at work and God loves you and cares about you. Amen. And um but don't quit. No. Like I I I had opportunities to revert back. some things that would have been really problematic for me um and by the grace of god and shameless plug to get connected to community come join us at saint matthews but connected to people who like fostered that and encouraged Mm -hmm. that in me where there wasn't that pressure anymore Mm -hmm. and it was like oh you're gonna learn um it totally changed the trajectory of my life Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. final thoughts yeah, it just occurs to me that there are probably some folks out there who,
1: sometime in their life, do feel like they've submitted, and they've worked on their faith and they've built up the system, uh, and they believe that system is right. And you know, at that point, they're they're walled off, and they say, "Well, I don't need to continue to learn, or I need to protect this thing that I've kind of built up, this faith that I've is based on whatever it's based on." You know, that humility um, is, is something that needs to stay with us. And that faith that we've built and the ideas that we built they, they need to be kind of constantly challenged, and and we need to remain pliable and know that God is is, is still God and will be fine in the, in the midst of our struggling or maybe having to change um, some of the those systems and ideas that you know that have been foundational in our faith. Sometimes those things need to change too, um, and and that's harder. Um, to let go and to to say, well, you know, okay, I had uh, I misunderstood <laughs> what what God was was saying. I, you know, uh, God God uh, would rather us be humble about that and say, oh, I'm screwed up. You know, I'm learning the, a new way, or I'm learning a better way, or I'm becoming closer to God in the process of of this questioning um, and this this changing. Um, that's that's the work of sanctification, and it can be mm-hmm. harder. Uh, if we've worked on this in the past and thought we've gotten to the point where we need to be um but then we that that facade starts to crack um as as these questions get asked in different ways again i mean listening to listening to what scripture is asking us um is is the way to go about
0: this i think I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. yeah it's it's I don't know how to say this nicely uh can't say anything nice don't say anything at all and never listen to that advice ever that's not a question the scripture asks of me i'm just kidding no uh but yeah i i love that and i think that again you know for me even the questions are really important You know, I, I think back to stories we talked about one last week, right. About the children and let the children come unto me. Mm -hmm. It was last week, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about my kids and I'm like, stop asking me questions. And, um, but again, like the, the contrast of do I approach scripture, you know, and, in my interactions with scripture and prayer and my relationship with God from the context of like hey I'm a child teach me mm-hmm. or am I like coming in like the lawyer I was gonna say like the <laughs> moody teenager who's just like knows better right and it's like give me the freaking keys I'm done right like but but again like it's that and we talk about how grace is like at work in, in whatever season of life or whatever perspective or posture we're in right but i think you're touching on something really important which is also that um you know that that doesn't mean i have permission to just like not also submit mm-hmm. and have some humility mm-hmm. and ask questions and continue to learn and grow mm-hmm. um and then to further it and this will be final thing for me is um and then to further that point of do I seek these opportunities out, or do I also wait for them to come to me? So that that would be the thing I would add to that that I see a lot of is, you know, well, I'll learn when it's time, and I'll learn when it comes to me, and I'm like, well, what if we sought that out? Mm-hmm. What if I sought out things and perspectives and people, and you know, adopted this perspective of like I can learn everywhere, and just didn't close myself off from that. Um, I think that would be a really helpful thing. Um, but man, you are so smart, dude. I like, (laughs) I'm like, dude, like I just listened to you. I'm like, man, I got a lot of learning to do. So do I. (laughs) Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. Bye.